Hey everyone, and welcome to the DFS Dominator NFL Play Action Podcast. Let's give Jamie a big warm welcome back to the podcast. He was on the injury report last week, but is now back and better than ever. How you feeling, Jamie? I feel good, and I'm happy to be back. Was happy to see the Steelers go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs the way they did. The game was not as close as the score indicated. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, you can find some of our exclusive content at the DFSCave.com. We feature our sleepers there on a weekly basis, and we've done some NBA fantasy previews to get you geared up and ready for the NBA regular season as well. But let's get back to the NFL. Last week was a bit crazy as Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston both went down for the respective teams. Rodgers is going to be out for a while with a broken collarbone, which is sure to shake up the standings in the NFC North and definitely affects the value of their receiving core moving forward. We've got a ton of great content for you this week and we want to get right into it. So let's get into our week seven sleepers. We're going deep once again to help you find that sneaky value play. This week's sleeper segment is brought to you by the DFSCave.com. Looking for a fun and simple approach to pounding DFS? Head on over to thedfscave.com. That's thedfscave.com. So, who is your sleeper QB this week? My sleeper quarterback for this week is Tyrod Taylor. I haven't been too high on Tyrod this season, but he should make for a very good streaming option following the bye week. The Bucks were torched by Carson Palmer last week, and they're among the NFL's worst teams in terms of fantasy points to QBs. The Bucks have been a bit banged up with injuries on defense and have not fared well versus the pass this season. Taylor is fresh off a bye, like you said, which is good for a quarterback. He's not been doing great passing or fantasy-wise yet, but he does have a good matchup, and Taylor adds those rushing guards for a QB, which is a bonus. Yeah, he's had some respectable fantasy games so far this season, but with a juicy matchup against the Bucks this week, I'm expecting a breakout performance. The only downside here is he literally has no one to throw to, but at least they have the bye week to figure out what they're going to do without Charles Clay. I like Taylor as a sleeper QB this week with a good matchup, and he adds rushing yards. I'm going to guess, look for two passing touchdowns and maybe 20-plus rushing yards from him this week. So I like your Taylor pick. Let's get to your first sleeper running back. Who is it? My first sleeper running back is Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have looked better on offense over the past few weeks, which should open up some running room for Mixon. He's averaging just 2.7 yards per carry on the season, but the opportunity has been there over the past three weeks. In that span, he's averaging 19 touches per game, so look for him to produce this week against the Steelers. Another player off a bye week, Mixon will look to be fresh to take on the Steelers. The Steelers have been terrible against the run so far this season, but Mixon has not proven he can be effective yet. He's only averaged 37.4 rushing yards per game. Yeah, that's that's a bit misleading considering he wasn't really part of the game plan in the first two weeks. He's coming off of a game in which he scored his first career rushing touchdown, and given his price on FanDuel, he offers fantasy owners some good value this week. Mixon is a good sleeper pick this week because he'll be very low-owned and has a pretty good matchup, but he has no lock to produce and carries risk, in my opinion. Yeah, Who is your second Steelers fan? Go Steelers. Who is your second sleeper running back? My second sleeper running back is Adrian Peterson. Dude, what in the world was Sean Payton doing with AP? AP showed he had plenty left in the tank last week, going for 134 yards and two TDs in his first game as a member of the Cardinals. I can't believe it has come to the point where AP is considered a sleeper. And I don't know what Sean Payton was doing. 
The Rams have given up the most FanDuel points to running backs this season, and in the second week with the team, AP is going to be relied upon to run the ball a lot. Yeah, he's not going to be involved in the passing game, but he should continue to get 20-plus carries on the ground, which should be more than enough to produce some fantasy-relevant numbers against the Rams. AP showed he still has it with last week's dominating performance, and hopefully AP can score a touchdown here. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. Who is your first sleeper wide receiver? This is going to be a bit of a risky play, but I'm going to go with Willie Sneed. I'm not too worried about his lack of production last week against the Lions. He wasn't practicing with the team during the suspension, and he was a late addition to the injury report. So look for him to get in the action this week after a full week of practice. Sneed will play majority of snaps from the slot versus a weak Packers secondary. Bree spreads the ball around a lot, especially targeting his running backs and Michael Thomas, but Sneed should see his share of targets as well. Yeah, he finished fourth in snaps among Saints wideouts last week, but he figures to be more involved in the offense each and every week. He's a risky play, but he offers a good amount of upside in this matchup versus the Packers. I think he is a pretty good sleeper and could score a touchdown in this matchup. Tell us who your second sleeper wide receiver is. My second sleeper wide receiver is Cooper Cup of the St. Louis Rams. Arizona's tough on wide receiver ones and TEs, which makes Cup an interesting play this week. He's garnered at least six targets in four of the last six games. Cup is getting his fair share of targets so far this season. He has a good chance against the Cards. Slot wide receivers and wide receiver twos have done well against Arizona with Patrick Peterson on the wide receiver ones. Yeah, Adam Humphreys was productive last week for the Bucks, so Cup should be able to produce in a similar role this week. And Deshaun Jackson had a touchdown against Arizona, so I don't mind the pick at all, and I think he can actually produce this week. Who is your sleeper tight end, hmm? I've made my disdain for Jimmy Graham known on this podcast several times, but he's my sleeper TE for this week. The TE position as a whole has been a mess this season. That hasn't stopped us from doing extremely well on this show. I can't believe we have to discuss Graham like he's fantasy relevant. Who said that? Graham's barely been (laughs) fantasy relevant this season, so calm down. He still managed eight or more targets in three of his five games this season, and he's coming off his first TD of the year against the Rams. So the opportunity's been there. His ceiling isn't as high as it used to be, but he should be in line for about five catches, 55 yards, and a score here. Graham might not be doing great this season, but he is getting targets and has a good matchup against the Giants, who have been very weak against the tight ends this year. Seattle should win this game fairly easily, and Graham should have success. Look for him to have a decent game and possibly a touchdown. Want a free chance to play the Sunday Million on FanDuel? Sign up on FanDuel using our promo code TOUCHDOWN56 to get a free entry into the Sunday Million contest on FanDuel. The promo code, once again, in caps, is TOUCHDOWN56 when you sign up on FanDuel. All right, let's get into our Stardom Fatum segment. Welcome back, Jamie. I'm excited to see who you like this week. The QB position took a few big hits, so I'm wondering who you're high on here. Who are your starting quarterbacks for Week 7? My starting QB is Dak Prescott. Prescott has been on fire this season, scoring three or more total touchdowns in each of the last three games. Coming off a bye week, Dak gets a good matchup against the Niners, who have been weak versus the past. Yeah, I'm on the Dak bandwagon from a fantasy perspective. The nice thing about Prescott is he's a solid bet to add some rushing yards to his stat line. He's topped 20 yards on the ground in four of the five games this year, and he has two rushing touchdowns. Prescott has rushing upside, which I love in a QB, 
And he's been doing well so far this season, so start Prescott this week. Yeah, he hasn't topped 300 yards through the air yet this year, but with Elliott's suspension hanging in the balance, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Dallas lead on Prescott more and more as they begin to prepare for life without Zeke. Who are you fading at the quarterback position this week? My QB fade is Phillip Rivers. Rivers typically struggles versus Denver, and Denver is once again a top-notch pass defense this season. Rivers grew for three touchdowns earlier this year versus Denver, but in previous seasons, he's really struggled against Denver. Yeah, despite their lackluster performance last week against the lowly Giants, Denver remains one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. You have to stay away from Rivers this week, especially with Denver due for a bounce-back performance. Rivers is very interception-prone, and he should struggle in this matchup. To me, he's an automatic fade against Denver. Yeah, let's move on to the running back position. Give me a running back that you like this week. My running back start is Devontae Freeman. Freeman has been a touchdown monster this season, scoring a touchdown in the first four out of the five games this year. Patriots have been poor versus running backs this season and are giving up a ton of receiving yards to the running backs. Yeah, Freeman was phased out of the offensive game plan last week despite busting loose for his longest run of the season versus the Dolphins. He had just 11 total touches last week, but he managed to convert them in a total 79 yards. Freeman is a good play this week and should be able to have a lot of receiving yards and do well rushing versus the Patriots. Yeah, the presence of Coleman is always a bit concerning, and it looks like he could be a little more involved after the bye week. But still, with how poorly the Pats have done against running backs, he has to be in play here. Freeman still outsnapped Coleman 42-18 to 18 last week, so I'm not too worried about the committee. I think Freeman is still the main running back in Atlanta. All right, so how about a running back that you don't like this week? My running back fade is Todd Gurley. I faded him a couple weeks ago versus Seattle, and it worked out nicely, and I'm faking him again against another NFC West opponent. The Cards have done well versus running backs the last two seasons, and Gurley did nothing against Arizona in both matchups last year. Yeah, Gurley's gone wild so far this season. His talent and consistent workload make him a very tough player to fade, but he could be in for a pedestrian day here against Arizona. It is hard to fake Gurley since he is in most of the snaps and very involved in both the rushing and passing attack, but the cards can boggle him up, making Gurley not worth his salary. Yeah, he's got three 100-yard rushing games in his last four, but I also think there's going to be better backs, so I'm fading him here as well. I don't think it's going to be hard to guess who you like in this spot at the wide receiver position, but give me your wide receiver start for Week 7. He was not my original wide receiver start until recently, but now he is, and that is Des Bryant. I like the Cowboys' pass attack this week, and Des should have a good game following a bye, especially if Elliott is out with a, due to a suspension. Bryant has scored three touchdowns in five, game, five games, but has yet to have a 100-yard game. Yeah, you love stacking your quarterbacks and wide receivers in this segment, and I like Dak and Dez as well this week. Dez has a touchdown in three of his last four games, and he could be in line for double-digit targets again this week. I like stacking uh, in all sports, basically, because you kind of have to if you want to win on FanDuel or DraftKings. The 49ers are weak against wide receivers, and Dez should have a good game here. I'm going to predict 100 yards and a touchdown from Dez. Yeah, I agree. The 49ers team is in shambles right now, so I like Dak and Dez this week as well. 
How about a wide receiver that you're staying away from in week seven? You know, I look at the matchups for this week, and to me, I think T.Y. Hilton is an easy fade against the Jaguars. Ramsey and Boye have been light, a lights-out tandem this season, and it will be very difficult for Indy to throw on them. Even though he's had a 177-yard game two games ago, he's an automatic fade for me as well. I don't need to say anything more here. Ramsey yeah. and Boye are just incredible. Yeah, they are. And with Brissett under center and a very difficult matchup, Hilton is a fade this week. All right, let's move on to the tight end position, which has been an absolute mess this year. We've been giving out a ton of value here, so let's see if we can keep the momentum going. Who do you like at tight end this week? My tight end start is Delaney Walker. The poor Browns get picked on again at the tight end spot this week, but for good reason, as they have been terrible versus tight ends the last two seasons. Walker has been off to a poor start this season, but if there's a game to go off, it will be this one. Yeah, we always talk about picking on the Browns for TE production. This should be a good spot for Walker to produce, and Mariota is back under center, which should make him a strong play this week. Walker is seeing a decent amount of targets. I know it has not amounted to much yet, but he should do well in this matchup. Yeah, give me a tight end you're absolutely fading in Week 7. Uh, my tight end fade is Jason Witten. Witten does not have upside, and the 49ers have been very uh, good against tight ends this season. Uh, might not be as good now with Navarro Bowman gone, but I don't think Witten will rack up yards, and he just doesn't score touchdowns. Yeah, it's hard to tell which Jason Witten you're getting week to week. He racked up 17 catches in the first two games of the season, and then he had just one in each of his next two games, so I'm out on him as well. Yeah, I don't like Witten as a fantasy play most weeks anyway, and I don't like him this week. Yeah, I'm not high on Witten, and I'm not going to be slotting him in my lineups this week. So before we go inside the huddle for our game-by-game -game analysis, we want to talk about some injuries that happened in week six. For that, we're going to head on over to the ortho PA, Andrew Beverly, who has over 10 years of experience in sports medicine. Hey, Andrew. Hey, guys. Andrew Beverly, the ortho PA, back again with you this week to talk about a couple key injuries that might be affecting your daily fantasy decisions. First guy we're going to talk about is my favorite quarterback, Jameis Winston of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He suffered a, a sprain of his acromioclavicular joint in his uh, throwing shoulder last week on Sunday. He landed awkwardly on that shoulder after being tackled, very similar to the same mechanism that ended up with a fractured clavicle for Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Now, thankfully, uh, Jameis only suffered a sprain of the AC joint. So this is the smaller shoulder joint that we forget about. It's where the clavicle or collarbone comes around and meets the acromion, which is the tip of the shoulder blade. Now, this is integral in shoulder motion. Uh, we think about it as the uh, big shoulder joint being the only one that you need, but really this smaller shoulder joint is what allows for the full motion for your shoulder to do the uh, incredible things that it needs to in order to throw the ball. Now, it, it seems as though he is going to try to tough it out on Sunday and play. Uh, I do think he will be out there. He's going to get a shot into that AC joint. He's going to be uh, on some pain medicine, and he's going to be able to play. Now, my bigger concern is the way they've been playing and going up against a tough Bills defense on the road. I, I think this is a, a trap game and is not a Jameis Winston play uh, week. But from an injury standpoint, I think he will be okay over the next few weeks this will continue to heal up and he's not going to have any long-term issues with this. 
Now, the other guy that we're going to talk about is Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Stephon Diggs. Now, Stephon Diggs is dealing again with a groin injury, the same type of injury that he had last year that sidelined him for a few games and really kept him from uh, reaching his peak. Now, this is disappointing because he's suffered a lot of injuries over the years. He had some significant injuries, including a broken leg in college, and he's one of these guys that when he's out on the field, he's exciting to watch, and he's exciting if he's on your fantasy team, uh, especially this year. Um, He's already begun to practice some. He was uh, listed as a non-participant in practice uh, yesterday, but uh, he was out there in his pads and his helmet and and getting some work in. Uh, I think by the time uh, the game comes around on Sunday, I think he will be able to go. I think uh, overall he's going to be limited as far as what all he can do. But once that adrenaline starts going, those minor strains uh, like he, what he has now, uh, they tend to go by the wayside. And I would not be surprised to see him uh, have a good game. Um, so out of the two, I would be more confident in Stefan Diggs. But really, we all know the type of competitor that Jameis is. And I would not be surprised to have him out there and doing everything he can to uh, help his team win. But I'm just not super confident in his shoulder feeling great, uh, especially on the road against a tough defense. All right. Uh, good luck this week, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Andrew. We'll talk more about the implications of those injuries soon. All right, thank you, Andrew. Now we are going to go inside the huddle and give a game-by-game analysis of all the players you need to consider for your Week 7 lineups. Yeah, let's start with the Bucks at the Bills. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will head on the road this week to take on the Buffalo Bills. The big story of the week will be the health of Jameis Winston, who suffered an AC joint sprain last week and was forced to leave the game against the Cardinals. He's currently day-to-day, so be sure to keep an eye on his status for this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the backup quarterback in Tampa. So what do you think about the Bucks' pass attack this week and Winston if he goes? Um, the Bills' pass defense has been very good this season. And if Winston goes, he is better at home than on the road. The Bills have given up, given up the fewest points per game in the NFL. And I don't think Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick will have success against the Bills. Yeah, I'm going to be fading the Bucks pass attack this week, and even if Winston does go, he's probably going to be uh, limited. I'm going to fade Winston this week as well, and especially if Ryan Fitzpatrick's in, I'm fading Fitzpatrick. Okay, so let's move on to Mike Evans. I think Evans might be an interesting low-owned wide receiver this week. Buffalo has been good on defense, but they are giving up some passing yards. Evans is a target monster and has a chance to rack up the yardage in this game. Yeah, with Fitzpatrick in there, it's going to be tough to play him, but you're right. He could end up with a low ownership percentage. Evans is a good contrarian play with upside and yardage and can come away with a touchdown. I do like him less if Fitzpatrick's in, but I think either way he's in play this week. Okay, let's move on to Deshaun Jackson. What do you think of him this week? Jackson has less appeal, obviously, than Evans, as Evans has a lot more upside. He's getting a steady amount of targets, but... I don't, see, I don't see Winston or Fitzpatrick doing great versus Buffalo. Yeah, Fitzpatrick doesn't have the arm to sling it down the field like Winston, but he is averaging over seven targets in his last five games. Still, he's going to be a fade for me, especially if Fitzpatrick's under center this week. I'm fading Jackson as well this week. I don't think Tampa's going to put up a lot of points on the board. So what do you think about Doug Martin? Martin is risky this week as he faces a tough rush defense, and he does not play on passing downs. Martin is going to need to score a rushing touchdown to justify taking him as he does not have a safe floor. Yeah, Martin makes for an interesting play with Fitzpatrick at quarterback as he should see a bigger workload with uh, the backup under center. 
But Jameis Winston did say he uh, he's going to try to play. So yeah. keep an eye on that. Yeah. But still, I'm not too high on him against this Buffalo defense anyway. So I'm fading Martin this week. I have seen reports that Winston's going to try and give a good goal this week. Either way, I'm fading Martin, whoever's under center. Uh, let's move on to Cameron Bright. Bright's targets have increased lately, and he did score a touchdown in three consecutive games. The tight end position is fairly weak, so Bright will be in play this week as he has touchdown upside. Bright actually has four catches and a touchdown in each of his last four games. Yeah, I've been really high on Bright this year, and he's been a top TE play in each of the past four games, so you have to like him here. I'm not very high on Bright, but like I said, he has touchdown upside, and there's very few reliable tight ends, so... He has to be in play this week. All right, let's move on to Shady McCoy. McCoy is not off to a very good start as he has only won 100-yard game and he does not have a touchdown yet this season. He had 13 last year. He is fresh off a bye and he will be the only player to be relied upon as Jordan Matthews and Charles Clay are going to be out. I like McCoy this week as Tampa Bay's defense is banged up. And McCoy gets volume in both the rushing and passing attack. Shady McCoy is averaging 3.2 yards per carry this season as teams continue to focus on stopping the run in Buffalo. I'm not too high on him, but this does look like for a good spot for him to get back in the end zone. AP ran all over them last week, so there's reason to be optimistic about him here in Week 7. Buffalo will need to move the ball somehow, and McCoy will get a ton of volume in this game, so start him and expect a pretty good game. Let's move on to the Panthers at Bears. Pan- the Panthers and Bears matchup is an interesting game of two QBs worth watching in Newton and Trubinsky. Trubinsky has had some tough matchups to start his career as he has faced the Vikings, Ravens, and this week the Panthers. This game should be a lower scoring matchup. So what do you think of Newton? Cam seems to be a boomer bust fantasy quarterback this year, and I'm not too high on him this week against an underrated Bears defense. Newton has been better lately fantasy-wise, but he did throw three picks versus a weak Eagles secondary. He has scored a rushing touchdown in three of the last four games. This week, he faces a Bears defense who has been pretty average against the quarterback position. Yeah, the rushing upside is definitely there, but it's tough for me to uh, give him a play this week. He had 52 passing attempts last week against the Eagles, and he managed us 239 yards. He's wildly efficient. He's wildly inefficient, and he threw three picks, like you said, so I'm out on Cam this week. Newton is not a QB that I am excited about this week, as I think he will have an average game passing, but he can add a rushing touchdown. He's in play because of that rushing upside, but I'm not crazy about him. All right, let's move on to uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Benjamin has been better the last three games as well since Olsen went down. Chicago was average against wide receivers, and I think Benjamin is, I think he's an okay play this week. Yeah, he's caught 9 of 13 targets last week for 99 yards, but this is a Bears D that is still pretty tough on opposing wide receivers. He is risky with his targets not being consistent, but he's capable of 100 yards and a touchdown whenever he plays, so Benjamin is in play, but I'm not overly high on him. Is he, though? He's only got five career 100-yard games and 38 contests. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame Newton for that because, like you said, how inefficient he is. He doesn't grow for many yards. And I think Benjamin's a very talented wide receiver. He's just stuck with playing with Cam Newton. And because of that, I'm not too high on him this week either. So let's move on to Devin Funches. 
Funches' targets have been more consistent than Benjamin's, and he has scored three touchdowns in the last three games. Yeah, he only had three catches for 36 yards last week, but he did have nine targets. So that's now four straight games with eight-plus targets for him. So he should continue to be involved. And he's definitely a bounce-back candidate against the Bears, but the fact that he's as expensive as Benjamin has me shying away from him here. I think I like Funches over Benjamin this week as he is getting more targets and has touchdown upside, but I'm not too crazy about both of those wide receivers. All right, let's move on to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey has a high floor because of his involvement in the passing game, but it'd be nice to see him get something going on the ground. He hasn't topped 20 yards on the ground since week one. He needs a touchdown to justify his value, and the Bears haven't given up a receiving touchdown to a running back all season. So I'm not too high on him this week. McCaffrey is on pace for 99 catches this season and has been a PPR monster. He has a safe floor, like you said, and upside as he can get a ton of catches and receiving yards. To me, he's my top Panthers option this week. I think he's the safest Panthers option for sure. And what do you think about Jordan Howard slash Tariq Cohen? Panthers are doing well versus running backs this season, and I don't think Howard or Cohen will be much in play this week. Howard's really turned it on over the past four weeks. During that span, he's averaging 109 rushing yards per game and adding two catches per contest. Last week, this RB duo combined for 52 touches, and that could continue to be the case all year with Trubisky at quarterback. Still, this is a tough matchup, but the touches are definitely going to be there, and that's more than you can say about a lot of backs in this league right now, so they're in play for me. Let's move on to the Titans at the Browns. Fresh off a big Monday night win, the Tennessee Titans will head on the road to First Energy Stadium for a date with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns didn't look any better with Kevin Hogan at QB, so with most of the Browns' play, so with most of the Browns' players probably not in play, what do you think about Marcus Mariota in Week Seven? Mariota has been banged up with a hamstring injury, but he gets a good matchup versus the Browns. He was doing decent before injured, as he has rushing upside and can do well versus Cleveland. He did have two rushing touchdowns a couple of weeks ago, and he's got three such scores on the season, but it's hard for me to trust him here. Prior to the Monday night football game against the Colts, he had thrown for under 200 yards per game so far this season, so I'm out on him. Mariola should connect with Walker in this matchup as the Browns have been terrible against tight ends, and I like him a bit this week. He isn't a top play, but if you do not want to pay up for Breeze, Brady, or Ryan, then Mariola makes for a good cheaper option let's move on to the uh, titans backfield what do you think about demarco murray and derrick henry the titans rush attack looked great last week but it was a committee it will be difficult to choose which running back will get the touchdowns and yards last week the snaps uh between henry and murray were pretty much even so it's gonna be hard to trust which running back will get the touchdowns and yards so i am fading both backs yeah, the Titans ran the ball a total of 13 times with uh, Murray and Henry against the Texans and just 18 times in the game against the Dolphins. Offensive coordinator Terry Robisky said that he planned to get Henry more involved moving forward, so I'm out on Murray for sure. Henry had 19 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown last week. The Titans are 10-1 when Murray receives at least seven rushing attempts and just 1-8 when that number is six or fewer. So watch out for him to get more carries as the season moves along. The only thing about Henry is uh, they do not like him to be in on pass plays. So that's the only thing that worries me about Derrick Henry. 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to know who to trust, like you said, but you have to believe that Henry's earned a bigger role moving forward, and he's probably the guy that I would roster between the two of them. Let's move on to uh, Duke Johnson. What do you think about Duke Johnson Jr.? Johnson has played more snaps than Crowell lately and looks to be the better back. He has a safe floor with how many catches he is getting, but he does not have much upside. Yeah, with Kevin Hogan at quarterback, it's going to be hard to trust Johnson. He had just three catches for negative one yards in week six. He's a bounce back candidate, but I'm fading him as well this week. I'm fading him as well, too. Let's move on to the Saints and Packers. The outlook of this game has completely changed with Rodgers possibly out for the season. This game looked like it was going to be a shootout with two of the best offenses going head-to-head. What do you think of Breeze this week? Breeze had a pedestrian game last week despite the Saints scoring 52 points, but he does sport a 10-2 to touchdown to interception ratio on the season. Before the Rodgers injury, I really liked Breeze a lot in what looked like a shootout. Now, I still like him, but not as much, as he will not need to score as much to keep up with Rodgers, but I think he can still do well. Yeah, if the Saints proved anything last week against the Lions, it's that they aren't truly committed to running the football. Sean Payton consistently called pass plays last week, despite being up 45-10 to 10 at one point in the third quarter. The game plan almost backfired as Detroit was down just a touchdown with under six minutes to go, but it does leave some room to be optimistic here about Breeze in this game. I would start... I would still start him this week, but I'm not as high as on Breeze as I was when Rodgers was in. So what do you think of Michael Thomas? Thomas is coming off of his worst game of the season, finishing with three catches for 11 yards and a game where his team scored 52 points. I actually had Michael Thomas as my wide receiver start until Rodgers went down. Like Breeze, I still think Thomas, I still like Thomas, but not as much as before. If the Saints get up, they may elect to run more or not like last week. Yeah, he still leads the team in targets, receiving yards, and catches by a wide margin. So he's in play for me in a plus matchup against the Packers this week. I like him to do well and possibly score a touchdown, but my expectations of a shootout was shot down. What do you think of any other Saint? Uh, well, Mark Ingram and Kamara both are strong plays here. Kamara has the higher floor because he gets he seems to be more involved in the passing game. But I like both these guys this week. Ingram may have another good game as the Saints may get up and run more, giving Ingram a chance to do well. Ingram gets touches in both the rushing and pass attack, and Breeze loves dumping it off to his running backs. Yeah, these guys are both potential starts for me right now. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, I hope you get better soon. Let's move on to Jordy Nelson. What do you think of Jordy? Fade. <laughs> yeah, the Packers pass catchers took a massive hit with Rodgers going down. You can't really trust any of them until we see if Hungley can do anything and who he prefers to throw to. So Nelson is a fade. Yeah, I can't really play anyone in the Packers pass attack right now. It's tough to justify paying up for their prices as well. Yeah, I'm fading Adams, Cobb, Nelson, all of them this week, even in a good matchup. So do you like any other Packers player? Uh, Aaron Jones is possible with Green Bay likely to run more with uh, Brett Hungley under center. So, and maybe time off, but I think Aaron Jones is a good running back play. Yeah, I like Jones to get the ball a fair bit this week, and it wouldn't be a surprise if McCarthy dialed up a few more run plays now that Rodgers is out for the foreseeable future. So he's in play for me as well. Let's move on to the Jags at the Colts. The Jags will be looking for a bounce back game this week after losing at home to the Rams. 
They travel on the road to Indy for a divisional matchup against the Colts. Jacksonville is tied with the Titans and the Texans for first place in the division. So this is a big game for them. What do you think of Leonard Fournette in this matchup? I know the Colts have been better versus the running backs this season. Well, not last week, but overall. But Fournette is playing way too good to even consider fading. He's Fournette is first in touchdowns and second in carries and rushing yards. Yeah, he's been a beast so far this season, and he's definitely got to be in play for me here. Indy could struggle to move the ball as Indy has a weak rush attack and will not be able to pass on his Jags defense. So Fournette will once again have a lot of volume and have has a good chance to produce. Okay, so we both like Fournette. Do you like any other player from this game? I don't like any Colts because I don't like the running backs. Uh, the only player I find interesting maybe is Alan Hearns. Uh, Hearns has touchdown upside and he might be a sneaky player this week. All right, let's move on to the cards at the Rams. This is a good divisional matchup as the cards take on the Rams. We already mentioned AP and Cooper Cup as sleepers. The line for this game is set at Rams minus three and a half, and the total is 47. What do you think of Carson Palmer in this game? Having an effective run game really helped Palmer and the Cardinals offensive line last week. Palmer responded with his best game of the season, completing 81.8% of his passes, and he had a 139.4 passer rating. He had three TDs, and he averaged 12.9 yards per attempt. All those numbers were season highs. I told you Palmer is fantasy relevant. With DJ out, Palmer has been throwing a lot this season and is among the top in passing yards. This week, he faces a Rams defense that is average against quarterbacks, but the Rams' weakness is versus the rush. Yeah, he actually threw just 22 times last week, which was a season low, so it'll be interesting to see if that's going to be the norm moving forward. He's in play for me, but I'm not that high on him. Yeah, he probably threw it only 22 times because they were up 38 to 7 at one point or something like that. Palmer has not done great versus the Rams, and divisional opponents usually play each other tough. He has upside with yards, but I'm fading Palmer this week. Uh, What do you think of Larry Fitzgerald? This guy's really turned back the clock this year. He had another monster game last week, finishing with 10 catches for 138 yards and a score. He now has 42 catches for 465 and three TDs on the season, and his target share gives him one of the highest floors of any wide receiver. I love Larry Fitzgerald. Rams have been pretty good versus wide receivers, but Arizona is passing a ton and Fitz is getting a lot of those targets. Like you said, he has a safe floor, and if he can score a touchdown, that would be an added bonus for him. Yeah, he looks to be in line for another 100-catch season, so it's hard to argue against playing Fitz right now. Fitz has to be in play this week with all the targets he's getting, and don't retire, Fitzgerald. You're still doing great. (laughs) How about any other Ram? I actually have Robert Woods ranked higher than uh, Watkins this week. But if I'm going to play a Rams wide receiver, like I said earlier, it's going to be Cooper Cup. Yeah, Patrick Peterson is going to be on Watkins. He might not shaggle him, but if he is, Robert Woods is an interesting wide receiver to look at uh, with Cooper Cup. All right, let's move on to the Jets at the Dolphins. The Jets were a good call away from being tied with the Pats last week, and the Dolphins took down the Falcons after a bye. The Jets' backfield situation was a little murky without Powell in the lineup. So are you touching any of those guys this week against the Dolphins? The Dolphins have been good versus running backs this season, and this is a committee that I am fading this week. Yeah, Forte looked like the lead back with Powell out, but I'm fading all Jets this week. 
Let's move on to uh, Jarvis Landry. What do you think about Landry? Chats have been average versus wide receivers, and Landry's upside is limited. He will get targets and rack up the catches, but it does not mount, amount to yards or touchdowns. Yeah, it's hard to get excited about this Dolphins offense even after their win over the Falcons, so I'm out on Landry as well. Landry had 44 receiving yards versus the Jets earlier this season as the entire uh, Dolphins offense struggled in that game, so I'm fading Landry. Jay Cutler sucks. What do you think of Devontae Parker? Parker had 76 receiving yards in the touchdown versus the Jets earlier this season, but he is battling through an ankle injury. Even if he plays, he could be limited. Yeah, I can't play any Dolphins wide receivers right now. The offense is just too volatile. And Parker did have at least eight targets in the first three games of the season. But it's tough to justify playing him this week. What do you think of Jay Ajayi? Yeah, I'm fading Parker as well. And for Ajayi, Ajayi has looked poor this season and is not getting much looks in the pass attack either. He is playing a lot of snaps, but it has not amounted to anything like the rest of the offense. Yeah, this guy is one of the most maddening players to own in fantasy football. He put up 130 yards against a very good Falcons run D last week, even with Oat Parker around to stretch the field. But he's about as inconsistent as they come, and he's been phased out of the passing game with just seven catches in 2017. Jets are poor versus running backs this season, so this may be a game Ajayi can finally produce. He's a decent play for me. This could be the week that he gets into the end zone, and it's a plus matchup, so he's going to be in play for me. But it wouldn't surprise me if he put up a dud. Let's move on to the Ravens and Vikings. Ravens and Vikings should be a lower scoring game as both teams have good defenses. The Ravens are a very boring offense to watch and they do not have any real exciting players. But is there a Raven you are considering? It seems like the best chance for the Ravens to score is on defense or special teams. So I'm automatically fading everyone on this team. This Ravens offense is not good or explosive. They do not have a star on offense and strike no fear in an opposing defense. So I'm not taking any Ravens players. Against Minnesota. All right, let's move on to Stephon Diggs. Baltimore's pass defense is good, and they are tough on wide receivers. Diggs missed last week's game with a groin injury, and if he plays, he will be a risky start. Yeah, Jimmy Smith is one of the most underrated corners in football, so even if Diggs plays, this is going to be a tough matchup for him. I'm fading Diggs as well this week. What do you think of Adam Thielen? Adam Thielen is among the league leaders in receptions and yards this season, so he has to be on your radar right now. He's caught at least five balls in every game this season and posted 13 targets last week, so the opportunities should continue to be there for him. I like Thielen this week a bit as he gets a lot of targets and will get even more if Diggs is out. Keenum seems to like him in the slot, and Thielen has upside with Diggs out or limited. Yeah, the only problem with Thielen so far this season is he hasn't found the end zone yet, so look for him to get a score here. I like Thielen this week. What do you think about Kyle Rudolph? Rudolph has been disappointing this season. He had a season-high 47 yards last week on nine targets. He's only found the end zone twice so far this year, so he seems to have taken a back seat in the red zone to Thielen and Diggs, so I'm out on him. I think Rudolph is an okay play, but since there's... Not really any reliable tight ends to take. Rugoff is a safe play with touchdown upside. I think Rugoff is okay. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys at the 49ers. The Dallas Cowboys had an interesting bye week as the news surrounding Zeke got more confusing by the minute. They head on the road to take on the 49ers this week who released Navarro Bowman. 
With Zeke's status up in the air, what do you think of the Cowboys' backfield situation and what looks like a juicy matchup against San Francisco? This will be an interesting situation as Morris has been the clear backup, but McFadden may actually be the starting running back now with Elliott out. I would wait a week unless clear reports come out as to who the starter will be and have a defined role. All indications right now are that McFadden would be the guy to target if Zeke is suspended. There's a lot of confusion surrounding his suspension, and he's got a hearing on Tuesday, so keep an eye out for his status on Sunday. If we do have clarity and know who is starting, whoever becomes a starter will be in play. All right, let's move on to Carlos Hyde, the 49ers running back. Dallas has been weaker versus the rush, especially with Sean Leo, and he could miss this game as well. If San Francisco decides to give Hyde the ball this week, he should have success, but he is risky as his role is not known in San Francisco. Yeah, Hyde's name was circling in trade rumors last week, but it looks like he's staying put. He scored twice last week, and he added five catches for 47 yards, but he's totaled just 39 yards on the ground in the past two games combined. I think there's going to be better options at the running back position this week. I like Hyde a bit just because he has a good matchup this week, but he carries some risk. What do you think of Pierre Garçon? Garçon has been a target monster in San Francisco this season, even if it hasn't amounted to much scoring. He's posted double-digit targets in four of the team's six games, and he ranks in the top 10 in the NFL in catches and receiving yards, but he's yet to find the end zone in, in, in this inept 49ers offense. He's got a good matchup against Dallas, who is very weak versus the pass. Garçon has been a bright spot in this otherwise weaker San Francisco pass attack. I like Garçon and what could turn out to be a higher scoring game yeah this could be an undercover high scoring game so let's move on to the Seahawks at the Giants I did not see this from the Giants this season as I thought they had a very good chance at the NFC East and go to the Super Bowl now with OBJ done for the season the fantasy outlook on Giants players is pretty much done as well he was one of the best fantasy plays and one of the most exciting players to watch in the entire NFL what do you think of Russell Wilson in this matchup Aside from his monster fantasy day against the Titans, Wilson has been putting up some pretty pedestrian numbers so far this season. Coming off a bye, Wilson will be an interesting play this week. He has been inconsistent as he's had some very good games against the Titans, like you said, and the Colts, but some not-so-good fantasy games. The Giants' pass defense has not lived up to the hype, and Wilson could have a decent game here. Yeah, the Giants are fresh off a spirited performance last week, and they haven't been as bad against the pass as you make them out to be. They've given up just two touchdowns to wide receivers all season long, and they're among the bottom 10 in terms of fan duel points allowed to wide receivers, so I'm fading Wilson here. Giants will likely not be able to move the ball much, and Wilson will have opportunities to do well. I think Wilson makes for a decent play this week as he will be overlooked. What do you think of Doug Baldwin? I'm not too high on Seattle's pass attack, as you could tell. And even though I do believe they're going to win this game handily, I'm out on Baldwin this week. Giants have been better versus wide receivers, like you said, and uh, Baldwin plays the slot. Dominic Rogers Cromartie looks to be back this week, so he will likely cover Baldwin in the slot. Yeah, he's going to see a lot of Janoris Jenkins and DRC in this one. So, like I said earlier, I'm out on Baldwin this week. I prefer Jimmy Graham over Baldwin, but Baldwin makes for a decent wide receiver option just based off targets. Do you like anyone else from this game? I think Evan Ingram should be a top TE play this week. He's athletic enough, 
he's athletic enough to line up on the outside and he presents a tough matchup for linebackers and safeties and any corners that try to cover him. He had five catches for 82 yards and a score last week. So he should be, so he should be treated like a high end TE option moving forward. Ingram is probably going to get a lot of targets considering the Giants have nobody else to throw to, but I do not like anyone from the Giants uh, side as they're all banged up and have a tough matchup and they can't run. So I'm fading all Giants this week. I like Ingram a lot, so put him in your lineups. No, don't. Let's move on to the Bengals at the Steelers. The Cincinnati Bengals will head on the road to Heinz Field for a divisional battle against the up-and-down Pittsburgh Steelers. You guys are coming off a big win last week against Kansas City, but since he had two weeks to prepare for this matchup, so what do you think about Andy Dalton? Steelers have been very good versus the past this season, and Dalton has not done well versus the Steelers in the past. He is coming off a bye, but I do not think he's going to do much in this game. Yeah, the Steelers rank among the NFL's best pass defenses, so you have to think that there's going to be better QB plays than Dalton this week. He's a fade for me this week. He's a fade for me as well. So let's move on to A.J. Green. Green has been on fire the last three games, scoring a touchdown in the last three games. Steelers have been one of the best versus wide receivers this season, so this will be a tougher matchup for A.J. Yeah, he could be a strong contrarian play this week as he's second in the NFL in yards and yards per game so far this year. He's had some very good games versus the Steelers in the past, so it's a difficult decision whether to start or fade Green. But based off recent play and based off history against the Steelers, I say Green is a start. Yeah, he did very well against them in 2015 with two 100-yard games in the regular season, and he scored a TD in each of those games and had a TD in their playoff matchup that year as well. So I like him this week. What do you think of A.B. Antonio Brown? A.B. did not have good games in two matchups against Cincy last season, and Cincy has done well against wide receivers this season. His targets are so high and seems to be the only wide receiver Ben can connect with. It is tough to fake A.B., but there are better options at the wide receiver position this week. Since his sideline tirade, Ben has really force-fed him the ball. The TD he had last week against the Chiefs should have been picked off, but it hit the DB in the face, and Brown converted it for a 51-yard score. He's got 29 targets and 302 yards in the two games since his sideline antics, so I think he's got to be in your lineups right now. Okay, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an antic. He got frustrated, and guess what? Antonio Brown has yet to drop a pass this season, so let's forgive him on that antic and move on from that, but this week, I think he's not going to be worth a salary. I'm just saying, I think Ben is force-feeding him the ball because he spoke out, that's all. He always force-feeds him the ball. When hasn't Antonio Brown been a top wide receiver in targets every year? I know, but 29 targets in two games is ridiculous. He's the only player on the Steelers that can catch a ball, apparently. Well, besides Bell. (laughs) I'm serious. Let's move on to uh, Le'Veon Bell. Bell is a workhorse and will always be in play. He's, he gets way too many touches to not even cons- to not consider playing. He's coming off a monster game against the Chiefs last week, and he's top 20 touches in each of the last five games. He's the top running back in the NFL right now, regardless of what the stats say. So start him with confidence this week against the Bengals. Yeah, start him like usual. He's the top running back in the NFL right now. All right, do you like any other Steelers players in this game? No, I do not like Martavius Bryant as he's way too inconsistent and hasn't done much. And 
Yeah, Bryant reportedly requested a trade, and it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. So I have a feeling we're going to see him a little more involved in this game. I kind of like him here, but he's a bit risky. I don't understand why he wants to request a trade. Like, what has he done in the NFL to warrant this besides get suspended for a year? He's done nothing. So sit down, Bryant. Play on the great team that you're on. Calm down. Let's go to the Broncos and Chargers. The Broncos and Chargers matchup will likely be a lower-scoring game as the Broncos do not have a great pass attack but have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Rivers was a fade for me. What do you think of the Denver pass attack, starting with Demarius Thomas? I think this could be the week that Demarius Thomas finds the end zone as Emmanuel Sanders will be out in Week 7. I'm not high on Denver's pass attack. Thomas has been inconsistent with Simeon, and that could continue again as Hayward may match up versus Thomas. I mean, Thomas was targeted early and often in last week's matchup against the Giants, going for 10 catches and 133 yards. But Janoris Jenkins actually finished the night with more touchdowns than him. Still, he's had back-to-back double-digit target games, so I like him here against the Chargers, as Simeon seemed to have no problem targeting him in a tough matchup last week, so I expect that to happen again. He's going to be forced, Fag, especially with Sanders out. I'm not too high on Demarius Thomas this week, but he's okay. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is already listed as out, so let's move on to C.J. Anderson. What do you think of him? Booker and... Booker got some targets last week, and Charles was in on a few drives, so all of a sudden, this looks like a running back by committee in Denver. CJ struggled last week and did not have a lot more snaps than Charles and Booker. Even in a good matchup, I'd fade him as he is risky to lose time, and the Denver running back, like you said, is becoming a committee. Yeah, I'm staying away from this backfield from a fantasy perspective. I'm staying away from CJ Anderson this week as well. What do you think of Keenan Allen? Allen is a risky play versus Denver, and Rivers typically struggles against Denver. So, And Denver's pass defense is too good, so I'm fading Allen and all Chargers wide receivers in this game. Yeah, I can't play any wide receivers versus Denver right now, and this is going to be a tough matchup for Allen, so I'm out on him. What do you think of Melvin Gordon? Denver got a heavy dose of the run last week and struggled, so you have to figure the Chargers are going to follow that blueprint this week. Look for Gordon to be heavily involved in this week's game plan, but I'm not exactly sure it's going to translate into a big fantasy day. Denver has been much better this season versus the rush and are the top defense versus the rush this season. Gordon is heavily involved, but has too tough of a matchup to me to play, so he's a fave for me. Yeah, even with their performance last week, Denver ranks as the best defense versus RBs this season, so you have to think about fading Gordon in this spot, but I do like him to get plenty of touches. I don't really like anyone else in this matchup, do you? No, let's move on to the Falcons at the Patriots. This has to be the game of the week. After blowing a 28-3 lead in last year's Super Bowl, the Falcons finally get a chance at revenge. They head on the road to Foxborough for a rematch against New England. They're fresh off a disappointing loss to the Dolphins, so this should be an interesting game. What do you think about Matt Ryan this week? Patriots' past defense has been very poor this season, and Ryan will look to get some revenge from that Super Bowl meltdown. Ryan hasn't... Ryan hasn't been great this season, but I think he has a strong performance against the weak Patriots pass defense. Yeah, Ryan's been pretty disappointing so far this year, throwing for six touchdowns and six INTs in five games so far this year. Ryan gets a good matchup in this game, but he has not been very trustworthy this far this season. I start him with caution. Yeah, I'm not too high on Ryan either this week, but... 
he could be a decent play given the Pats' struggles versus the pass. Let's move on to Julio Jones. What do you think about Julio? Belichick is known for taking away the team's best option, but I don't think he will be able to take Julio out of this game. Jones is too big and strong. Steve Sarkeesian is a drunk. Julio Jones didn't have his number called nearly enough in last week's loss to the Dolphins, finishing third on the team in targets. Dan Quinn publicly came out and said he wants to see Julio more involved. And what better time to get him going than a Super Bowl matchup, than a Super Bowl rematch versus a pass defense that's really struggled against the Pats this year. Hopefully Ryan looked his way this game. Hopefully Ryan looks his way this game, and Julio should be able to top 100 plus yards and a possible touchdown. Yeah, I like Julio this week and think that they get the ball in his hands early and often in this one. Look for double-digit targets and a 100-yard game for Jones this week. Believe it or not, Jones had just two red zone targets on the season, and that's the same number that Justin Hardy has. 116 players have a receiving touchdown this year. Jones is not one of them. All right, let's move on to Mr. Perfect, Tom Brady. What do you think of Brady? I think this is an interesting game for Brady and the Pats. I think they could come out with some extra fire as the Falcons try to avenge their Super Bowl loss. Brady shouldn't have an issue against Atlanta and should have 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. His Super Bowl comeback was epic against Atlanta last year. He has been on fire at the age of 40 and expect another big performance this week. Yeah, he's topped 300 yards in four of the past six games this year, so he has to be in play here. What do you think about Chris Hogan? Hogan's value has been great with Elliman out. Brady has looked his way a lot this season, and he is a, and Hogan is scoring a lot of touchdowns so far. I don't think he will lose value this season as he is going to be relied upon heavily, but expect a touchdown regression of some sorts. Yeah, Hulk Hogan finally cooled off last week, catching one ball for 19 yards. It was his second dud of the season, so he looks to have a low floor, but, he's, but his role in this offense is pretty safe, so I like him this week. Start the incredible Hulk this week, and he should have a good game. What do you think about Rob Gronkowski? Gronk, 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 Gronk. Gronk is my top Pats option this week, as Atlanta has some good CBs to cover Hogan and Cooks, but I don't think they'll have anyone to cover Gronk. I expect a touchdown, possibly even two, in this game from him. Yeah, Gronk is fresh off a two-TD game against the Jets, but this is definitely a tougher matchup for him. Atlanta hasn't allowed a touchdown to a tight end all season, and still, when he's healthy, Gronk is one of the best tight ends in the NFL, and with how weak the position has been this year, you have to start him. Start Gronk this week. He has a lot of upside. What do you think about Brandon Cooks? Cooks is inconsistent, and he has played Atlanta a bunch while in New Orleans, but he has not been successful against Atlanta. Cooks got things going again last week, finishing with over 80 yards for the fourth time in six games this year. He's not an elite option that people thought prior to the season, but he does have a high ceiling in this offense. I kind of like him in this matchup. I'm not overly high on Cooks this week and prefer Hogan and Gronk, so I'm fading Cooks. Yeah, I'm not crazy about him, but as he's likely to draw true font and coverage, but I wouldn't be mad if you gave him a look here. What do you think about the Pats' RB situation? I really like James White this week. He crushed Atlanta in the Super Bowl, scoring two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. And Atlanta gives up a lot of receiving yards and receptions to running backs, so I'm pretty high on James White this week. Yeah, Gillisley lost the fumble last week, which landed him in Belichick's doghouse. 
I'm not even sure he touched the ball the rest of the game after that. So look for White and Deion Lewis to carry the load this week. And I prefer Lewis over White. All right, that's it for this week's game-by-game -game analysis. Next, we're going to move on to our pick six segment and help you target some kickers and defenses. Jamie's going to pick three kickers and three defenses that you should be looking at adding in your week seven lineups. My first kicker is Matt Bryant in a high-scoring game, and he can kick 50-plus yard field goals. Number two is Dan Bailey. Dallas should score, and he can also kick from long range. And three is Gostowski on New England, just because of the same reasons as Matt Bryant. My number one defense is Denver. They own Rivers, and he is very, and Rivers is very interception prone. Number two is New York against the Giants. Giants barely have any weapons. And my number three is Minnesota, who have a good defense, and they face a very pedestrian offense in Baltimore. Now we're getting into the two-minute drill where we pick the spreads and totals for each game on Sunday. All right, let's get into our picks. Bucks, the Bucks at Bills. The line is not known because Jameis Winston is questionable. Panthers at Bears. Panthers are favored by three and the total is 41. Give me the Panthers to cover the three in this game. Um, I agree. Give me the Panthers. Titans at Browns. Titans are favored by five and a half. You have to like the Titans to cover that number. The Togo is pretty high, 46 and a half. I like the Titans to cover here. I'll take the Titans as well. Saints at Packers. Saints favored by five and a half. Togo is pretty high for Brett Hundley, 48. I like the, you got to like the Saints to cover here. I don't know. Give me the under, 48. Jags at Colts. Jags are favored by three, and the total is 44. I think the Jags cover this, this spread. I agree. I'll take the Jags. Cards at Rams. Rams are favored by three and a half, and the total is 47. Give me the cards to cover the three and a half. Give me the Rams three and a half. I think the Rams won this one. Jets at Dolphins. Miami's favored by three, and the total is 38 and a half. Give me the over 38 and a half. I agree. Give me the over 38 and a half. Ravens at Vikings. Vikings minus five, total is 39 and a half. Give me the under. I think you've got to like the under here as well. Cowboys at Niners. Dallas favored by six. The total is 47. This is a bit of a shady spread here, but I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover the six. I'm going to take the over 47. That's a strong play. Seahawks at Giants. Seahawks favored by six. Togo is 38 and a half. The Seahawks cover this number. I agree. Seahawks minus six. Bengals at Steelers. Steelers are favored by six, and the total is 41. Oh, you guys are getting some respect this week. Finally. No, I'm joking. We don't deserve respect yet. What uh, do you like? Me, I would take I would take the over 41. It's yeah. pretty, pretty low number. That's way too low. I agree. Broncos at Chargers. Chargers minus one and a half, and the total is 42 and a half. Give me the Broncos to bounce back. Yeah, I like the Broncos to win this matchup. Falcons at Patriots. Now, this I found is a very weird spread. The Patriots are only favored by three, 
and the total is 53 and a half. Vegas is trying to say something. This this is a revenge game for the Falcons. I think they come out with a lot of fire, and I think they win. And you know what? Based off this spread, Vegas thinks Atlanta wins, and I think Atlanta wins. So give me Atlanta. All right, that's it for our podcast this week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DFS Dominator. That's DFS underscore Dominator on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening. We're going to be back and better than ever next week. So see you next week, guys. See ya. Peace.